Welcome to episode 4 of a DT conversation with our everyday local heroes and what makes them who they are. Our guest today is Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards is my data hero. He's brought to light the importance of processes, of frameworks in helping clients measure success and written guidelines on the subjects that he's shared with me via email with the subject line in quotes, some light bedtime reading for you Deepthi and they'd be 150 slides long. Jonathan has changed the way I deliver my data projects and completely transformed how I approach projects and problems both professionally and personally. Jonathan Edwards has a very dry and quirky sense of humor, as most of us do in this field. He's a facts-based man, he's honest, he's verbose, but most of all, he's approachable. He invests time in people, hours and hours of it. Jonathan Edwards is the Vice President of Data and Technology at Tensu Aegis Network and has been in senior leadership roles for close to a decade. We're talking to Jonathan today because he is a doer. He doesn't wait for permission. He does the right thing for his people and his business. And that's infectious. We're talking to Jonathan today because he's an incredibly smart man with bags and bags of experience in data space, but also with business context. And I love that. Jonathan Edwards has opinions on how businesses should be run, on how teams should be led, and to something he calls data sentience. These opinions are educated well-informed and well-structured. So I'm extremely excited to have Jonathan on our show today. So welcome, John, to a deep tea conversation. We're extremely excited to have you on the show with us. Thank you for that yeah. intro. I, I think uh, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> um, and you. Uh, yeah, as I say, I'm, try I'm, try I'm trying not to blush. <laughs> um, and as usual, uh, we're having tea and uh, Jonathan's uh, favorite tea happens to be peppermint tea. Which is, uh, I'm, I'm conscious I take some stick for, obviously. As a Brit, I, um, I should know my teas, but yeah. I don't simply for the fact I don't drink a lot of them. Very surprising. It's, it's I, for, I, for a Brit. Indeed, I blame I blame it on the uh, on the Singapore weather. I'm not quite uh, skilled enough in the tea department to really tackle a, a meteor grey. We normally start the conversation with how you've ended up in this industry, mm. right? So I want to talk about that, but I want to talk about it more so because. I resonated with this statement that you shared with me, Jonathan, which is, which is what good looks like has fundamentally changed. And, and that is, is a big statement to make. And I don't think a lot of people recognize that as a ongoing process in their life. And I think the fact that you have is absolutely beautiful. So I want to know about how you've started off this journey, how you've ended up and how this, what good looks like has fundamentally changed for you. 
Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a that's a big question. And I've I've tried to do my homework, and I've listened to previous episodes of the of the podcast, and I I've realised everyone kind of starts with their childhood and their hair, obviously. On oh, the I'm, hair, I'm your fi- hair's on point. I, I, I'm, fi- <laughs> I, I'm I'm feeling the follicle pressure uh, today. And you know, Oz and Phil, they talked about you know their difficulties sort of growing up and things like that. I was at the, completely the other end of the spectrum. I uh, I had I had an amazing childhood, and I I call it privileged, uh, but I think it's it's important to make a distinction between privilege, as in being born with a silver spoon in your mouth and just being handed everything, and privilege because my parents gave up sort of quite so much and prioritised my education. So in the early years of my life, and would do anything for me. Uh, they still will. They're, fantastic very nice indeed indeed yeah. I, I mean you know I can pretty much guarantee my mum will listen to this so. uh, but <laughs> no Jonathan Edwards mum <laughs> <laughs> but no they 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 forewent a lot of things simply for the fact they felt education was incredibly important they didn't get as far as they wanted in their education so they were determined that no door should be closed for me so I mean I uh, that said I feel I worked hard um, I tried to tried to reciprocate on that and yeah, had a very, very privileged academic career, uh, if you want to refer to it as that sort of before your professional life. So yeah, I, I went to an amazing school. I went to one of the best universities in the world. What, what schools and universities <clears throat> are these, just for the benefit? I can, I, I can, I, I can name check Camford in, uh, in Dorset uh, in the UK. I mean, just a phenomenal place. Yeah. Uh, the former seat of Lord and Lady Wimborne, 300 acres of parkland. Oh my God, it was um, beautiful. I saw pictures. Indeed. It's, you know, it's, it's the kind of place that has its own golf course, as you do. And I think, you know, that's often lost on you as a child. Um, and it's only when you get that perspective that you sort of look back and you're like, wow, um, that was amazing. But, uh, and, you know, I think the other podcasts have talked a lot about leadership. And if you to translate that back onto um, how the teachers were at that school, it was it was amazing. And I mean, the support level within that. I I then went on to Oxford, uh, wow. which was <laughs> again an amazing experience and a and a real real privilege. There's people sort of talk about widening access to institutions like that. I mean, I I recognise now that my my personal statements, which is a big part of your application. I had 13 different teachers review that for me uh, because they'd all been to Oxford or Cambridge and that was the quality of teaching staff that we had. And that was an opportunity afforded to me that at the time I just kind of thought was normal. But I know now it was very, very different, you know, the sort of um, and kind of widening that educational access is is not something with easy answers. But, you know, and uh, that said, it's very easy to criticise people who've had this very privileged education that sort of, you know, you, you got it sort of as a right. And I just, you know, the people in the system, I don't think you realise at the time that that's, that that's not normal. And I'm a big advocate of raising standards, right, rather than sort of trying to bring it down. So, you know, everyone should have, should have more support um, rather than, you know, there's where you, you've got too much support. So I want to take some away sort of thing. So that was an amazing formative life experience, you know, beyond academia, the level of sport, um, the opportunities that that afforded sort of, you know, a kind of extracurricular was amazing. Oxford was unbelievable, but in its own way, very different. Your sort of early educational career, I, I'd, I'd worked that out. 
I'd worked out how to get A's. It was fine. There was a process. There was a syllabus. You could learn the entire syllabus. There was nothing they couldn't ask you. You got to university and suddenly you couldn't read all of the books. Correct. You, 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 sim- you simply couldn't. And Correct. frankly, yeah. at university, there's other things to do. There's other <laughs> things to do as well. Um, uh, but working that out was, to your point, around redefining what good looks like. School work was very different to university work. And that sounds trivial, but I definitely sort of wasn't prepared for that. And then, then you go out into the big wide world and you've, you've had a wonderfully successful academic career. And suddenly your grades are only part of the story. And I think, you know, again, with that perspective... If I, can, if I can call it IQ and EQ. My IQ was overdeveloped. And I think, again, having talked about leadership in the previous episodes, my word for a lot of it is ego. Yeah. And I had a real ego. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that. I think, That's you know... It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I felt that by turning up in any job and working as hard as I'd worked at school and at university, then I was destined to be a professional superstar. And, and? Uh, <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's interesting that you've used the term data hero. I mean, I, I, I kind of <laughs> want to get a cape, but um, anyway. Um, and a sword, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no. Yeah, um, but that's, that's a fascinating point. And? and but, yeah, but, but, it's not enough. It's so, so not enough. That IQ bit will only get you 50% of the way, absolute maximum. Often it won't even get you 50%. Because I think with that feeling that I'm super smart, eh, you know, I've look at what I've achieved. It's very easy to judge other people in those terms. Correct. And and sort of think, oh, well, I got an A star and you only got an A. So I must be able to do this better. And I think going out into the big wide world of work, you suddenly realise that, oh, people have all these different skills and they're incredibly valuable and this is why teams work that sort of thought around being an individual contributor you know yes you're you're good you're bringing that sort of that specialist skill set but you need everyone around you and their skills look different but that doesn't make them any less sort of valuable and, and that's a huge realization yeah it's yeah. and you know good good looks very different and when you then kind of overlay that with kind of what it then takes to make a team work so that's just putting the basic building blocks together Uh, and that's sort of you know interacting with your peers if you're then going to think about turning that team into a high performing team developing the culture around that there's so much more that you need and I I don't think uh, look, there's many different education systems. I'm a product of the British one. Yes. Certainly when I was going through it, I'm sure it's changed now. I'm not sure it prepared me for that. I think, you know, and look, there's a parent, there's a parenting responsibility and my parents were wonderful. If I take, if I take an example of how they prepared me beyond academia, you know, why was my early life so easy? My dad installed in me a financial nouse. Why why don't we teach that at school? You know, yeah, that's, that's, true. that's a pretty important life skill. It's the, yeah, it ranks like at the top of the list. Uh, right? So I, I, went, I went through university 
taking out student loans, investing them, sort of because my dad had taught me what to do, and make making money on that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, that didn't pay, that didn't fund me through university. Um, Nothing but, uh, through university. No, 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 no. That's that's a challenge <laughs> in and of itself. But I was already doing that. I, uh, dad yeah, dad yeah. encouraged me to set up a pension when I was seventeen. Uh, <laughs> it's those life skills, and I, you know, I I had those, but I hadn't. I hadn't realised the value and the importance of all the other skills, just yeah. simply because I'm, I'm not sure you can when you're that young, yeah, you're, but simply knowing that they're out there and going and seeking that out, that's a, that's a very important step change. And then as you go through life, you know, there's, I came into it with this idea of working incredibly hard and that was, that's what success looked like, yeah. getting to the top you know, sort of achieving this, you know, sort of how did I compare to my peer group? And I think, you know, that lacked a bit of balance. <laughs> um, that really did. And you, that's time you don't get back. I've watched friends kind of mortgage their 20s to be that into banking, into law, into whatever whatever they want to do. And if that's, if that's what's important to you, that's brilliant. But it's really important to understand that you are going to over index on this for now but what what comes next and I think and what was that for you um, how did you come to it you I, I think I think uh two major life events um I think meeting my wife and having my child yeah. um, I think like I mean milestones in anyone's yes, uh in, in anyone's life but yeah. my wife does an excellent job of keeping me grounded um beautiful yeah yeah um, she's awesome. Um, hopefully she'll listen to this. She'll, she'll, she'll get bored after five minutes. She, gets, she has to listen to me all the time. And then obviously, uh, birth of my son, Billy. Yeah. Um, so can you, can I say that it's, it's changed your perspective because I see mm, this in you, right? Mm. Like I see that you're such a go-getter and you've had such incredible education. And I think all of us recognize that when we see you, but you're also, I mean, you're, you're, you're in my apartment having tea, you know, and you've made time to have this conversation, right? And you're so approachable. So, and I know that that must have been a big, like sort of a transition for you from A's to top to IQ to, well, this doesn't really, it's, yeah. it's funny. Like, I mean, cause I don't, I don't see it as making time. I mean, it's a, uh, an honor and a privilege to do it oh thank you john but um but going back to the point of you making that transition you wrote this down for me and you said you know uh, what good looks like fundamentally changes and we have to adapt that it's like only looking back that you get that perspective and which is why people who have been around the block a few times seem more confident when the reality is that they're still trying to figure it out. Completely, completely. Yeah. And I think to that, to that idea of watching people who are passionate about what they do, I look upon that with a real envy because I haven't worked out the, the one thing professionally that I'm truly truly passionate about i'm still trying to get to that answer that's beautiful i think I love that. I, I, yeah i think in my in my home life i've got that you know it's it's always been it's always been family so close close family and you know particularly the the joy you get from being a parent and things like that so that's yeah this this idea of 
rebalancing and finding what what matters um, to you is is really is really hard to do. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I don't think we recognize or remember this, but it is so important. So to our listeners out there, see if you can relate to this, that what good looks like has fundamentally changed over the years. And it probably will again. Right? So be water, my friend, as Bruce Lee says, be water. I think it's important in this day and age that we learn to become more and more adaptable for both our professional and personal development. So thank you for that, John. Next, I want to talk to you about building highly functioning teams and leading them to success. And I want to know this from you because because of this amazing transition you've made from being hardworking and the solo superstar to understanding that you can't really function to your maximum potential um, or make the business profitable without uh, a solid team in place. And, and I think this goes not just for professional life, but also for, for personal life. But let's hear it from you. You need to, you need to take everyone with you. I mean, to my point ar- around building a team and recognizing all the different skills, um, you know, it's go, go fast, go alone. Um, but go far, go together, right? Um, Beautiful. I love that. It's, um, I love that. And it's and it's often going slower at the start yeah. can be frustrating, yeah. um, particularly when you can when you can see it so clearly. But it goes to I think two points. I mean, I think if you do get some success, yeah. if you do go forward in your career. There's a responsibility. I think Oz uh, talked about this yes. to, uh, to to you know <laughs> sort of send the elevator back down was Correct. Oz's, Oz's run. That, yep. was, that really it really resonated that. me. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd argue it's probably only a floor or two in my uh, in my case, <laughs> um, and yeah. the, you know more, pretty easy to take the stairs as well. But happy to push happy to push the elevator button. <laughs> um, you know, there's a there's a responsibility on that, but equally so as we you know, think more broadly about how teams should be designed, how we set up companies. And, you know, this this is my thoughts off the top of my head as a product of having done lots of different jobs. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been a maths teacher. Uh, I've been That's a management amazing. I've been a management consultant. I've um, I've been a propositions manager. I've run sales and operational planning. I've looked after marketing acquisition teams. Um, but I think you know if we're thinking about how do you make how do you do change? How do you make change happen? How do you stop complaining and start doing? Um, I think it's the the idea of educating people more broadly it, how do you, you know so taking that idea of simplicity taking that idea of you know paying back where you've you've got a leg up and that's often through mentors and things like that it's certainly not because you've turned up and said hey I'm brilliant and I want to quote Jonathan Edwards here he said something extremely powerful he said in a complex world simplicity is often king and that was great Back to what you were saying. I mean, yeah. I caught you off guard. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no. And so that idea of idea of simplicity and sort of paying paying it back, 
to to sort of you know educate ultimately and that can be formal um and it is a constant surprise to me that uh nowhere outside of the consulting industry um have i ever found a what i consider to be a proper grad program um that's not to say they don't exist i'm sure they do but um I'll name check Deloitte here. The experience I had there in terms of the induction process and obviously taking fresh grads and molding them into consultants, and they need to do this because they're about to charge some very, very eye-watering hourly rates for those people that they're, se- that they're sending out sort of who were very, until very recently fresh grads. But the, the level of training, um, the level of team building, um, and, you know, kind of across ha- hard skills and soft skills... Um, and sort of building and look that can go too far you can you you can become too generic or the culture can be imposed on people and it's not organic enough and it becomes too top down and not enough bottom up Uh, so uh, you know there's there's definitely a balance but you know with talking about working out what good looks like uh, for any organization to be able to define what they consider good to look like uh, and be able to hand that to people as they walk through the door and put the support in place to help them achieve that and it will look slightly different for everyone but if there is that common understanding that common language so recognizing how you build that language and look at the individual psychology within the teams we over me but prioritizing you know the the whole um and recognizing that everyone has a job to do and that uh and that contributes to the larger whole is incredibly important and powerful and something that you the earlier you learn it the easier uh your career in any walk of life will probably be and i think this is what's incredibly laudable about you jonathan is is you know everything that you've you've told me just now you went off to do it and we saw it and and i want to just take a minute to to talk about this because because it's important to our listeners you know um if you are somebody like jonathan edwards be unapologetic go do the right thing for your people for your business because you're the people who have the right vision in place who know how to do things a certain way like you've had that training be it in like be it in a place like Deloitte or be it your academic training you know you have that logic you understand it and it's fair the rest of the business people might take time to come to it they might be they might know one right like we keep going again we for the lack of whiteboard but <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm consciously nervous that I don't that I'm not within 20 meters of a whiteboard, whiteboard. at any one time <laughs> right but like to go from like you know point one therefore point two therefore point three and QED that the, people you're working with maybe a point one already but they might not be getting to point two and there may be some people in the business in the team that are at point two you know but are not at point three yet and then if you can have that patience and if you can have that knowledge and the combination of your iq and eq to facilitate that going from one to two to three then then we're looking at 
that is what good looks like and we go far together. Like for somebody like me, I, I'm at a one, right? But I, I need... Like, I, 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 I'd largely disagree, but... <laughs> but, but... I mean, thank you, but you know, from... <laughs> Vehemently, not just largely. Uh, no, yeah, I would I fundamentally disagree. <laughs> but, okay, you know, uh, thank you for that. But, you know, I need we need somebody like Jonathan Edwards to show us that there's a therefore two and that there's a therefore three step. Without that template, it's hard to go in that direction, right? And I think the... I think probably the most important point to make there, because you've said some very, very kind words, is is when, for example, when I've helped you with that, that's, I've been able to do that because of what I've done in the past. That's, that's not to disregard that. But I've come at it with fresh eyes. And I often can't do that on my own. Even when it's my own subject matter, I'm I'm trying to define something new. I've come I've come up with the idea, and often getting someone who thinks like you yeah. isn't necessarily that helpful. It can help if it's a yes. particular technical matter and yeah. so on and so forth. Um, but there's gonna be someone, and in professional life, probably an important decision maker, Absolutely. who doesn't care about lines of code doesn't care about rows of storage doesn't care about how clever the technology is they've they, they've got a very commercial lens on it sort of so how soon does it pay back the more eyes and the more brains you get around it generally the better product again up to a, a point i will uh, will point out there are diminishing returns there um and there is a need for structure and process particularly when you're uh, d- trying to uh, get something out on time um but, but i, I want to point out yes there's a, there's there's structure and process but there's also an importance to know what that structure and process looks like and i think that's very underestimated so I need leaders, I need people like to provide that template because then we can go off and follow it. And I think that's why it's important for any business to hire people who are smarter to you. If you hire people who are less smarter to you and you don't know the answers and they are compliant, then how is the business going to innovate? How are you going to establish new processes? How are you going to keep up with the changes in the industry? It's not going to work. I think the, the, the fundamental issue, which, which is often overlooked, is that some of the people in, in leading uh, uh, roles in any business may understand that there's a need for structure and process, either don't want to admit it or don't have the answer and don't want to get people like that. Absolutely. I think I'd, yeah. I'd, pick, you, I'd pick you up on a couple of points. Okay. <laughs> As is my word. As is yours, yes. uh, you, you, you know me, <laughs> You know me well enough to, that I will always you will. do yes, that. Yes, go on. Um, uh, so I think in terms of hiring people who are smarter than you, I'd, I'd go back to my point that it's not that one person's smarter than another. Yeah. It's, it's a difference of skill set. Okay. But Love that. A, an awareness of your strengths yeah. and your weaknesses, development areas, call them what you will, to know the people that you need around you to be successful. And I think in terms of structure and process, I feel that needs context. 
of where the business is because you know a I love this, an yeah. uber a facebook yeah. would have never got off the ground without the hustle absolutely right but it it would it would be a sad world in which we only had structure and process so i think it's very much about appropriate levels of it and i think when you when you kind of look at the evolution of where the business is but not just the business as a whole because the business is a lot of different component parts you know you you talked about the sort of data team there um a few years ago it needed structure and process but of a very different type it needed you know it needed uh, it needed steering in one direction and getting some you know some fundamentals right there were some course corrects around culture and things like that now that that's evolved that's at the next stage the structure and process there needs to be a little bit different and i think the the irony is when you get any team working incredibly well it feels like you don't need the structure and process anymore. Yeah. It, it kind of disappears into the background. Yeah. It's like any great piece of design. Yeah. If, you notice the de- you know, if you notice the design, then, some- then something's gone wrong. It, great design just fades into the background. And, and uh, in terms of the user experience of working in a team, um, you know. You, yeah. you know how someone's going to react. You, you know that this person will bring this skill set and even where you don't know because teams are transient and you know in that sort of bit where the kind of that culture that structure that process just fades into the background because it's business as usual you should be forming and unforming teams constantly to tackle different business challenges so you should be working with new people otherwise you won't grow and you know the team itself will probably um get stale so you will always meet new people but if you have almost unconsciously a way to quickly understand them um and so understanding the how their their brain works however you describe how someone's brain works if you have some mental shortcuts so that you can recognize and indeed understand how people are thinking and why that's different to you and how that value will come across is then you get sort of up that sort of scale of how high performing a team uh, that you are that much quicker and that's the kind of thing that it was probably explained to me in my early 20s and I was like, yeah. <laughs> can we can we just go back to making some money? I'm I'm gonna go and kill it on a project. Uh, I'm gonna I'm you know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get three months work done in three weeks. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. you know that's that that, that that's great. Uh, you need you you need that type of personality to push the the group forward. But equally so, you need some so, some of the softer skills. You need some quieter thinking people and you know that can that can manifest itself in in small ways um but recognizing that that people that people work differently people have a different process i know you've you've talked you've talked quite a bit so far about routine in the series is and that that's okay and that's part of being you at work I agree. It's important to recognize that different people have different routines and, and they operate differently. Mm. And 
but as long as you are able to create that high-performing team where the design sort of goes into the background. I didn't recognize this until you told me. And I think equally so for the people who have been around the block a couple of times, there's a, there's a duty of care to establish the space for, for people I love to recognize it. <laughs> but the, the other thing that I think is, is interesting there is the idea of routine. And obviously routine about how you come to work and things like that. And I'm conscious you've touched on that so far in the series. Um, There's also that routine in the broader context of what you do as a job. The idea of routine in this sort of broader context and what you do as a job uh, and the idea that somehow you can go through uh, your entire career doing that one field and therefore be super brilliant at it, which is, which is true to an extent. And, and you know, I, I'd never criticise anyone for doing that because that's what works for them. But equally so, I'd never be afraid to change it up a bit, mm-hmm. to break your routine, not just in terms of where, where you go to work, but what you do. Um, because I think challenging yourself in that way. This is amazing. (laughs) And I think equally so, it can be quite, I'm looking for the right word here. Liberating is where my brain's going. And uh, so get, get another perspective, find, find people who have seen this before. Again, there's, you know, there's no substitute for youth and passion, but equally so, there's no substitute for uh, a couple of grey hairs and some experience. Um, it, it, it's, it's horses for courses. It's what's, it's what's appropriate to the problem that you're trying to solve, and generally you need a little bit of both. Um, but find people who've seen and done this before. Um, yeah, find mentors to talk to. Reach out to the people on the lineup, you know, write them on LinkedIn, you know. Indeed. Talk to Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you'll get advice. I, I, Lots I of it. <laughs> I can't, yeah, pl- plenty of it and of questionable quality. It'll be quantity over quality. Um, but, um, but, and the thing is, and oftentimes, so, uh, you know, someone in that position can say, yeah. be patient. And sometimes it's a case of, being patient because it's not fundamentally broken it just it just we need to fix a few bits first and then we can do that thank you for that that's absolutely uh, brilliant stuff you know like i say it's the it's the quality it's the quantity over quality argument if i keep and talking something <laughs> will come <laughs> out of it eventually <laughs> right disagree but we're now in the last section of our um a podcast right so are you ready for rapid fire as i will ever be <laughs> I, I i'm not i i'm not sure i could be mentally physically uh prepared for this but uh let's have a go fantastic okay so rapid fire with jonathan edwards okay let's go. go yeah what is your tipple of choice oh easy craft yeah. beer Okay, cool. Okay. I mean, if you really want to get me talking, that's that, 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 that's way that's way better than tea. But I think I've, I, I think I've probably rambled enough. Anyway, this rapid fire. Right. Let's go. Okay. Um. Well, uh, this we didn't touch upon your routine, but you know, uh, sleep. How long do you sleep? 
Because I know you were up for this morning. Yeah, not nearly enough uh, life skill that I need to improve. Uh, uh, on an average, how many hours of sleep do you get a night? Six, which okay. isn't enough. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can, I, I've lost the ability to go over eight. Um, I sometimes... And this is not because of Billy. Uh, no, this no, he's, 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 he's a good kid. When it comes to sleeping, he's generally a model child. I'm, wow. I'm really Lucky. hoping he won't listen back to this when he's older <laughs> and kind of hold it against me and things. But no, he's he's fantastic. But yeah, no, I, I'm often surviving on four, okay. uh, which isn't good. Oh, dear God. Okay, all right. Um, what's your favorite math subject? So what subject in school? L- let me rephrase that question. The, the, what subject in school did you love the most? Oh, right. Okay, that's easier. Um, and it can't be like math. It's got to no. be what in math. Yeah, like, you it, know, is. Oh, okay, right. Hmm. Um, so for me, that was calculus. Like, you know, so that's. Wow. It, so for the listeners at home, it turns <laughs> turns turns out Dipti and I are quite different. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no. Um, so favorite subject at school. Yeah. Economics. Wow. For the fact that it felt by far and away the most tangible and real world. Correct. Um, like it dealt with stuff that you'd actually heard of rather than pure, and obviously it's theoretical, um, but it was kind of dealing with commercial challenges yeah. rather than solving what seemed like to be irrelevant yeah. problems or doing vast amounts of chemistry, which... That said, I far preferred the homework for because you could get it done a lot quicker. <laughs> and there was a right answer. So that naturally yeah. appealed to me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, economics for the fact that um, it was, it felt like it was kind of about stuff going on be- sort of beyond school boundaries that you but, could actually but, understand. But crazy, so economics versus advertising industry? like that, I, that? Did, I did a degree in it as well. Economics wow. and management. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, I mean... Is it, and I think, you know, I think there's an important point to remember here. Um, do what you enjoy at university, not what you think you're going to need later on in your um, career, because chances are you're wrong. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd need it in my career. I, I've used it from time to time, not the economics bit, the management bit. Um, yeah. But, Fascinating. Uh, yeah, do, don't, don't pick, don't pick your career too early. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, best thing about parenting. What is, what are you, if, if there's one, one thing you could pick and say, like, this is the best thing. Easy. Family hugs. Oh, that's amazing. Before, before bed. Uh, cause it's, it's just, it's the best thing in that you've got your entire yeah. little, little immediate world there. Oh, not so best thing about parenting. Billy will listen to this like 20 years down the line. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've got to be careful here. Um, Hangovers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hangovers used to be okay. Like you could, you know, you could take a lazy day if you were hungover. No. No, 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 you can't. You can't. (laughs) Billy's very understanding, but he still wants to play. (laughs) Right. Okay. Awesome. Favorite comfort junk food? Ooh, I like to think I don't eat a lot of junk food. Again, I'd say it's quite, it's quite, but it's quite, it comes down to quantity. Um, yeah. <laughs> Favorite, like, what would oh, you snack at work or at home? Oh, I, 
don't snack. Wow, I don't I don't snack between meals because I eat too much in, at, the, at meal times. Um, wow. <laughs> I would say fascinating. Well, that's okay. You could you you're not a snack person. That's no. good. You know, we need more and people I'm not, like that. And I'm not a junk food person, but oh god, I mean, give me a massive plate of barbecue. Give me vast yeah. piles of curry. Let, just let me at a buffet. <laughs> let me at a buffet. That's that. That's what I really want. Uh, I want. I want to. I want to undo any sport that I've that I've already done, and I want. And I want to quadruple the number of calories that I should oh, be wow. throwing down my face. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, for all of us that you know know you, you're like a you're, you're a lean person. But it varies. <laughs> trust me. Post, post pre and post buffet. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what were you at your heaviest? Oh, uh, fourteen and a half stone, uh, which is what is that? Uh, hang okay. on. Uh, don't don't think about it. Don't do maths. Okay. Y- use Google. Uh, Wow. <laughs> what is that? So 14 and a half stone. Yeah. Uh, which is, I'm reliably informed by Google. Someone can check this for me. Uh, 92.1 kilos. Oh my goodness. Or in old money, 203 pounds. What? Yeah. Yeah. I got fat. What? <laughs> what? How, when was this? How, how old were you? Uh, I was uh, early, end of first year of uni. So, wow. what, 19 coming up 20. Um, wow. I'd, I'd had two Holy operations. Shit. Yeah, I'd had two operations on my feet. Won't go into the details. Uh, I'd discovered drinking at university. Um, <laughs> seriously, pound a pint, it'll do that to you. Um, Good and Lord. Yeah, so I I couldn't I couldn't do sport for a while. I tried to go back too quickly. Yeah. Injured myself again. Comfort ate and drank. Um, yeah, wow. Idiot. Um, <laughs> generally, that was the sequence wow. of events and realization. Wow. Uh, I then, I then from there, I dropped down to ten and a half stone, which is okay. uh, like uh, about twenty one, twenty two kilos less than that. Yeah. So yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of wow. n- probably just below seventy so, kilos. Yeah. So for um, the people who don't know, Jonathan Edwards was a, ch- was a chubby man. Oh yeah, and I I have chubby. a I, I have a <laughs> gift for weight gain. I'm really good at it. Um, like my it's it's one of it's one of my genetic gifts is piling on weight as as quick as quickly as possible. I've I once I once did five kilos in ten days. Oh my goodness. I blame Japan. The food's wow. just too tasty. How and the beer's too tasty as well. I've been trying for years to get fat. I, I can teach you. And it just, I can teach you. It won't work. I'm up in the morning and you know what? I'm, I have not had to buy new clothes in like 10 years because I've not gained a kilo. Some would say the same about my wardrobe. <laughs> um, but um, but ulti- uh, no, ultimately... But this is true. We always see John in you know <sighs> white shirt and like black trousers. Standard. Standard. I've never seen you like in a if printed shirt. If it's you know? if it's good enough for Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs, you know, yeah, that's that's fine for me. Balance, simplification, I, it's all yeah. the stuff I've been uh, I've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, talking about. Um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Right. Okay. So I can I can help you with the weight gain thing. Like okay. I say, I, uh, of of of, it, of all the areas I back myself in. Yeah. 
weight gain on trust Twitter. me i can eat my way through days and not gain weight it doesn't it doesn't sit on me See, Jonathan, this this ho- this where ho- this whole the plant, universe loves me and blessed. <laughs> this, this, this plant. The, so, uh, yeah, two things will help you undo that: age, uh, and um, oh dear, and uh, <laughs> a, and a non-plant-based diet. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> never gonna happen. So, yeah, thank God for that. Okay, right. So, moving on. Mm. Uh, favorite favorite books you've read this year? I or, haven't. Or yeah, I haven't read a book this year. Wow. Or indeed for the last couple of years because okay. Billy's two in a bit now yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I'm, not, I'm not a big book, book. reader um, okay. I when I do it tends to be trash because I want to switch off yeah. uh, that said that's not to say I don't read well, often I don't read. I, I'm a huge believer in The Economist's uh, audio uh, edition. Um, and that, to me, is the only way to consume news, which is with a bit of perspective to get away from the hyperbole of the 24-hour cycle. I love that I've debunked this fact that, you know, like people need to read Oh, like and CEOs read like sixty books a year. Like I, I've, I've, I, I love the fact that I've just I've debunked that because it's just, it's I don't know. The counsel, the counsel I would offer, I would offer everyone, and it's it goes to everything we've been speaking about is find someone who does read loads of books and is really good yeah. at distilling them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, download Blinkist. <laughs> Basically, right? <laughs> okay, so that's on books. So, are you a music buff? Would you like? Do you, do you listen to music at work? I've never seen you with a pair of headphones. Uh, I, I I tend to use rain noise actually at Ooh, work. Ooh, that's your uh, simply for the fact that these days I do a lot more writing and slides than Ooh. I do spreadsheets. Ooh, yes. So back in the day, I used to I it used to be music because yeah. I can do numbers yeah. and music. I can't do can't words. Do, yeah. And, music been there um i am not a bit to your question i'm not a big music person yeah um it's uh, you know it's about being comfortable with yourself it took me until my late 20s to admit publicly that i'm not a huge fan of going to live music it it seems to be a sort of common ground for everyone it's when i realized i was different Uh, no, um, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's the that's the nice way of putting it. Um, but no, I, I sort of it doesn't it doesn't do for me what it does for yeah. other people. It seems yeah. that said, when I do go, I really enjoy it. But I don't. Does actively... Billy like Does Billy like music? Billy loves singing and dancing. Uh, so I am now <laughs> I am now word perfect on uh, the entire Disney soundtrack. Really? I, kn- I know that's not a thing. I'm talking about every Disney song for the last 20 years. Um, Do you sing it with Billy? Oh, God, no, I'm not. I, I, that, that'd be parenting cruelty. Uh, absolutely not. I, uh, I was, I was, what was I? I was about 10, I think. Yeah. When I got, no, must have been 11, probably. Yeah, yeah, uh, when yeah. I got asked uh, in the school musical, yeah. uh, cause that was what you did at that level, yeah. um, to not sing. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they asked me to mime, uh, for the, for the school musical. There's 40 kids singing and I'm that bad that they stopped, they stopped the rehearsal. We're like, right, we're going to move you. Yep. Front a bit on the stage. Right. Yeah. No, get the, get the donkey, donkey a bit further in. Yeah. That's fine. And you mime. mime. <laughs> Fantastic, I love that. Right, a nickname that your parents call you. So what do your parents call you? 
Oh, uh, Jonathan. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, Jonathan D. Um, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. And what did your wife call you? Uh, John. Yeah. Um, and fascinating. Uh, my uh, my child my childhood friends. Yeah. Uh, tend to universally know me as Bean because uh, at school I had a because uh, I was swimming so much. Yeah. Uh, I had a crew cut crop, uh, a tight crop, uh, yeah. so like a grade <laughs> grade one or two. Uh, one of the big kids at school um, yeah. told me my head looked like a mouldy baked bean. Um, everyone thought that was hilarious, um, and so uh, yeah, so that that stuck, got shortened, bean, and fantastic. I moved I moved schools. Uh, and universities with enough people who knew me as being such yeah. that it got propagated so across it, educational it, institutions. So are you, your friends still call you Bean? I, I am. I am. I am Uncle Bean to uh, to some of my what? friends' kids. Really? That's crazy. Which is which is terrifying. I'm I'm Uncle John John to uh, really? to to a niece and nephew. Uh, so yeah. No. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want to admit that publicly. But, <laughs> hey, it's about that's it's, going. It's, that's, it, that's going on the podcast. Yeah, that's about being vulnerable and open, right? <laughs> yes. What, what? What? One favorite? One weird family tradition that your family has? Weird. Uh, yes. I don't know if it's weird. Um, Weirdest tradition your family has. So, I think you know. If I kind of sort of think. To my parents, it, yeah. it's always the Edwards Meat Fest. Uh, that's code for a very, very large barbecue. Wow. Um, uh, it's sort of more immediate family these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got to be something around beer because yeah. uh, both both Anna and I love a good beer. Yeah. And obviously with that, Billy has developed a yeah. love of wanting a beer. Um, <laughs> and so we, we, we actually... Well, have, example of good parenting. <laughs> absolutely, Parenting 101. I might do a separate podcast on that. Uh, but yeah. no, uh, we, we, have a, uh, we have a range of uh, beer bottles yeah. uh, that, we, uh, that we wash yeah. uh, for him. And uh, that way we fill them up with water and that way Billy can, uh, Billy can have a beer what? with mummy and daddy. That's it, it well, draws uh, it draws some funny looks. It does, yeah. I'll be I would honest. I would just I would be what I've what been, are these parents? I've been sat yeah, yeah, I've been sat I've been sat I've been sat um on the beach before and uh, Billy's been uh Billy's been sat on my lap with a with a bottle of a well, uh oh are we allowed to check beer brands here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, anyway, he's been good. sat with a beer bottle yeah. uh quaffing away for what? sort of ten minutes and like you get you get kind of people walking past yeah. and doing a double take. Yeah. Um it, it is water. It is water. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. That's so, got um, to be the weirdest. I'm, I'm, I'm. Billy's gonna grow up to tell that story. That's insane. As a, as a, as a, a, a having a terrible relationship with alcohol. Um, <laughs> I, 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 sh- I should, I should imagine. But uh, equally so, we're trying to, we're trying to yeah. make sure that he has a cultured palate. Um, yeah. He, he's, he's a, uh, he's a sucker for a good pale ale. Wow. Uh, you know, an IPA on a good day. Um, he <laughs> he he pull, he generally pulls a face at generic uh, lager. Um, so yeah, no, I feel I feel I'm training him well, and of oh all God. the of all the life skills that I can offer my child, uh, that's oh that's God, one yes. of the we best. An, we need another another hour to do parenting one hundred and one. Yeah, this, oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> right, okay. At what age do you want to retire? Ooh tomorrow too soon no. um <laughs> yeah i think uh so i want to beat my dad because he was gunning for 50 got yeah. 55 i want to do 54 nice uh, okay. <laughs> just just a just little bit live. of friendly family <laughs> competition that said yeah i am completely undecided as to whether i could 
retire completely or whether I'd want to. I really want to try the not working at all thing first. Just yeah. to, just to check it out because that'd definitely be my preference. Yeah, like just stepping away from the world of work. That'd be that'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hoping by then I might have found something that Probably is. Probably go my... back to being a math teacher. Oh no, no. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, incredible career. Uh, yeah. Tempting uh, if it fitted with school holidays. Absolutely, yeah. but if the alternative yeah. is putting my feet up. Yeah. Um, and yep, absolutely. I, and you know, doing exactly what I want to. Yeah. Sorry, kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, that's amazing. Right. A favorite trash TV show. What do you? Or what? What do you watch? Or what are you watching on Netflix at the moment? Oh. Or, uh, or other or HBO whatever. Not a lot. We've been t- been so tired. We've just gone to bed. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes. No. I mean, I. Um, yeah i was gonna say i mean i should yeah i should what am i watching uh mighty little beam uh peppa pig paw patrol uh, all of the above um if i ever get control back of my phone or uh, i I like things like suits billions um uh blacklist um all that all that kind of stuff it's very very vanilla it's um it's it does it does the trick of kind of just decluttering your brain at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, it does. I know. I love binge watching, you know, stuff that doesn't matter. Don't you, Shuri? She loves it. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. And um, one last question. Two last questions to to wrap up our discussion. So, if you had one extra hour of free time a day, what would you use it to do? I think it's an easy one for, for parents, right? I think it's just... Yeah, I, 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 I'm I getting Anna in there as well, though. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, just simply yeah. for the fact that me trying to do another hour of solo parenting... Is... is... I, 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 I can, I'm just not as good as Anna. <laughs> um, so um, it would uh, it would be complete parenting yeah, um, yeah. Rather, than, rather than anything else. Awesome, lovely. One last one. So where do you get your energy from? Where do you get this drive from, you know? Or just... I, I think, I mean, there's, there's levels. I think there's uh, a fundamental drive of looking after your family. There's a fundamental drive of wanting to feel that you've done a good job I've uh, you know I'm uh, I can't I can't abide by um it's sort of that sort of uh, only half doing it really it's either it's either it's either commit or just not at all um I highly highly recommend exercise just Correct. yes yeah, endorf- so endorphins uh will will yeah. keep you going through yeah. a lot of stuff yeah um and I think probably not taking it all too seriously that's beautiful um, yeah it's um and you work out five weeks five five days a week six six days a week yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh it's it's a necessary thing i mean you i, I know you've talked in the past about routine and things yeah, like that yeah. i it's weird i need it yeah i, I genuinely need it that's i guess that's a kind of addiction addiction to the uh, to the endorphins and things like that and i i do it in the morning first thing because situated in the time zone that we are yeah it's very easy for um sort of 
bits of bits of Asia, bits of Europe, bits of the uh, the Americas to take to take time away from the end of your day. Yeah. It's quite tricky if they're asleep to take time away from the beginning of your day. Yeah. Um, so that you know that it's it's much easier to ring fence that time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. I I, I need I need that. Um, and yeah, the keeping a bit of perspective. Yeah. If something went wrong, is it really that bad? Yeah. And yeah, you can try and find the humour in it. That's I, fantastic. I yeah. was I would say if something doesn't make sense to you at work, yeah. try explaining it to someone who doesn't work in the industry. Yeah. If they go, huh? Then the, <laughs> then you're probably you're probably right and therefore whilst it might not be funny at the time, you will probably look back and laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Times to come. Fantastic. I want to take some time to say thank you, Jonathan, for, for taking this time off and for coming over and having a DT conversation about leadership, about mentorship and about life and surprises and how to deal with it. You know, I'm walking away with, from this episode learning a lot and I'm sure our listeners will as well. So thank you for coming coming over. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you for having me. And like I say, yeah. a pleasure for the fact that <laughs> seeing anyone do yeah. what they believe in, yeah. what they're good at, yeah. uh, and doing it well with, you know, as you said, no permission. Yeah. It's a... Unapologetic, it, yeah. There, yeah, there is, there, there is huge pleasure in yeah. that. I've also learned a little bit more about tea. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Right, to our listeners, stay tuned for our next episode and thank you for joining me on this amazing leadership and mentorship journey. A deep tea conversation with our everyday local heroes and what makes them who they are. Thank you and we'll see you in our next episode.